0: Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So I know I usually, for school masses, I usually go over there and preach in front of the altar and all that stuff, but because today is the last school mass for our eighth graders, I kind of want to be preaching to you guys a little bit, so I'm going to stay here. Is that okay? Is that going to be okay with everybody? Yes? Okay, good. All right. Last school mass for our eighth grades. I can't do the math. Maybe Mrs. Hevener can do the math for us. Uh, how, like, just how many masses you have celebrated in this church as students at Sacred Heart? How many rosaries you've prayed? How many, how many like, hours you've knelt praying the rosary? I mean, that's some math right there. That would be pretty amazing to figure out. How many times you've probably passed out from incense? Probably a few of you, right? Yeah, I know it. I bet in some ways that it feels just like yesterday that you were the very little kindergarten buddy holding the hand of a much bigger person who was very cool and much bigger. And now you're the very big, cool person holding the hand of a much littler person, right? You blink, you blink and it happens, right? Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing. I just want to, like, before anything else, I want to thank you guys For being amazing leaders this year. You were an amazing eighth grade class and uh, in so many ways like the culture of the school, the feel of the school is affected by like the eighth graders. Like you guys are the leaders and you've been so awesome. And our school this year was so blessed by you. So, so blessed by you. So thank you. So what I want to do with this homily today for your last school mass here at Sacred Heart, I want to reflect on what Jesus says in the gospel. Because what he says in the gospel, uh, I think is particularly powerful for you, 8th graders. But I mean, of course it's a message for all of us. So don't think, just because you're not sitting over here, you get to tune out. You're tuning in. Yes? You're going to pay attention? Yes, Father? Thank you. Good. Okay. All right, I find it kind of ironic. There's something ironic about what Jesus says to us in the gospel today. He has this this moment. He has this moment. Like, he's talking to his friends, and I just think it's ironic in light of where you all are, right? Here you are, the very end of your Sacred Heart career, right? You're all preparing to leave and go off to different places, different schools. You're preparing to leave this school, and in the gospel, we hear Jesus say, remain, we hear Jesus say, remain, stay, abide. Now certainly it doesn't mean that you remain here, right? We're moving, you're, you're moving on and we're sending you forth, right? We, we're happy for you to go. But I think it's very powerful that Jesus is saying, remain, remain in me, remain in my love is what he says. What does that mean? Remain in my love. And how do we do that? right? Remain in my love. How do I do that? What does that mean? Like, because I guess this is what I'm saying. If I were to say, all right, everyone stand up except the eighth graders. Eighth graders remain in your seats. You would know what that means, right? Let's just try it. Everyone except eighth grade stand up. Eighth graders remain in your seats. Yeah, see, that's simple. Everyone sit back down. Or if I were to say, like, uh, you guys remain here, and we're all going to go. Like, you would know what that means. You just stay put, right? You just stay put. Those are simple instructions. That makes sense to our brains, right? Remain seated. Remain here. That makes sense to us. But when we hear Jesus say, remain in my love, that just, that's less clear. That's much less clear. So what is he saying? It's kind of an odd phrase, right? It, we might have expected Jesus to say something like, remain open to my love right? Remain open to me. Remain open to my love. But that's not what he says. He says, remain in my love. He says, remain in my love as if his love is like a place that we can stay in. As if it's a place that we can stay in. As I was praying with that, I had this image. I was like, Lord, what are you saying? What does this mean? And the image the Lord brought to my mind was the image of a bonfire. I've preached about bonfires before. Who loves bonfires? Oh my gosh, do I love a good bonfire? Especially in the summertime, right? You're sitting there, the fire's roaring in front of you. You got all the chairs surrounding the fire, everyone's there. You got the warmth, you got the light. It's just wonderful, great conversation. You can feel the heat from the fire. And then just say, you know, for example, it's one of those cooler summer nights where you gotta, you know, you're sitting there all of a sudden you think, okay, I gotta go to the bathroom or gotta go inside, grab something to drink, and you stand up from your chair, you start walking away from the bonfire. And as soon as you start walking away from the bonfire, you immediately notice how cold it is, and how dark it is, right? You move away from the heat. You move away from the light. You begin to realize it is really cold out here. It's really dark out here. That's the image I have for us, right? I think that's a good image that Jesus is giving us in this remain in my love business. He's saying stay close, stay close to me. Stay close to me. He's a person that we can stay close to. He's saying, stay close to me. So this is the question, how do we stay close to him? How do you stay close to him, right? How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you stay close to those places where he reaches us? I want to suggest a few things. The first thing is is the sacraments, in particular, mass and confession. Now, look, I know nine years of Catholic school, and like when I say the sacraments, when I say Mass and confession, I know your mind just goes to like definitions. I know you could probably give me an awesome definition of what a sacrament is, what confession is, what Mass is. I know you could explain it. But the reality is, these aren't realities that are just answers to test questions, right? Confession, the Mass, it's not just simply an answer to a test or a quiz. Like these sacraments, the sacraments that Jesus gave us are the, think of them this way, they are the divine bonfires that the Lord has given us to draw close to him. They are these sacred bonfires in which like the fire of God's love we can draw near to them. They are honestly, guys, they're the only source of warmth and light that we have in this world is Jesus. He's the only source of hope. He's the only source of warmth. He's the only source of light. He's the answer, right? He is it. He's the only hope our world has. And he draws near to us in these sacraments, in these divine bonfires for us to warm ourselves with. We remain, we remain in his love by constantly coming to him. Like you're not graduating from the sacraments. We need them. You need them. I want to take us one step further, though. Um, As I was praying, I was trying to think how I wanted to share this. And this might go over some of our heads, but that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Stay with me, though. So on the side table, on the side table next to the chair where I pray every morning, I get up pretty early. I get about 530 in the morning, and I spend about two hours in front of Jesus in the morning praying next to my little side table. On my side table is a picture, a little black and white picture uh, of me holding my first goddaughter. Her name is Rosie. She was about six, seven months old when this picture was taken. I didn't have a beard, right? So I'm bald, no beard. I'll have to show you the picture. But it's a very, it's a, I look very young, right? I look very young. It's a picture, though, I've got, I'm sitting there in this rocking chair, and Rosie is, again, six, seven months old, she's sitting on my chest, and she's, We're just staring into each other's eyes, eye to eye, face to face. It's one of my favorite pictures. I remember that moment so vividly. I remember just being so overwhelmed by, like, how much love I had for this little girl. And there's just something so powerful, right, about eye to eye contact, eye to eye contact. It's funny, like if I were to say to you guys, turn right now, face the person sitting next to you, don't do it. But if I were to say, turn and face the person sitting next to you and have a staring contest, you would do it. Like no problem. Like it wouldn't be awkward, it wouldn't be weird, you'd be competitive, you'd be fighting for it, you'd be celebrating who won, right? But if I were to say to you, turn right now and just simply like look into the eyes of the person sitting next to you. That would be different. That would be different. We probably couldn't do it. We'd probably feel awkward. We'd probably feel like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Stop looking at me. Why can we do a staring contest, but if I were to say, just look into this person's eyes, why can't we do that? It's because our eyes, guys, listen, our eyes communicate so much. Our eyes are meant to communicate love. Our eyes are meant to communicate Love. You know what it looks like. You know what it feels like when someone looks at you with love. You know what that feels like. You know what that looks like. On the flip side you know what it looks like. You know what it feels like when someone looks at you with anger. When someone looks at you with disappointment. When someone looks at you with judgment. When someone looks at you with unkindness, you know what that looks like, you know what that feels like. We communicate all of that through our eyes. God gave us eyes to communicate mostly and finally love. I'm saying all this because like like when I was praying with this gospel, I really honestly think when Jesus says remain in my love, what he's really saying like on the deepest of level is like like hey, look at me. Look at me. Do you see my eyes? you see my eyes for you? Do you see how I look at you? He's saying like, I look at you like no one else looks at you. I look at you like, with such an awe and wonder because I made you. He says, I see you, I see everything about you. I've seen all your mistakes, I see all your struggles, and I still think you're amazing. Like, no one looks at us like Jesus looks at us. He says, remain in my love. He's saying, keep looking at me, looking at you. Friends, this is like, if I can share anything, it's this. Jesus is obsessed with you. He thinks you're incredible. I want you to take a second right now. Close your eyes. Everybody, close your eyes. And in the silence of your heart, I just want you to whisper this prayer to Jesus quietly. Jesus, show me your face. Jesus, show me how you see me. Jesus, show me your eyes. Jesus, let me see what's in your eyes for me. Just keeping your eyes closed for a second. My eighth grade friends, listen. You're going to spend a lot of your life trying to attack, attract the attention, trying to attract the gaze of lots of people. We all do it. It's because we're fallen and we're sinners. But it's because we all know we're meant to be looked at with love. We all want to be seen. We all want to be looked at with love. But I promise you that if you create the habit of like lifting your mind to see how Jesus looks at you. It'll change everything. Because nobody looks at you like Jesus looks at you. That's how we remain in him. His love is that good. Amen.